Welcome to Cloud and Clear, the podcast by SADA for innovative business leaders and technology enthusiasts, where we explore how Google Cloud is transforming the industry and what that means to you. Now, here's your host, Tony Safoyan. All right, I'm very excited today to welcome Bryce Chalamel, the Global Transformation Lead at Google Cloud. Welcome, Bryce. Thank you so much for having me. And hello, Tony. Nice to be with you. So nice to see you. You know, the first time we met, I think it was about three years ago, it was a partner event of some kind, and we were all gathered with top partners. You took us into the space, and I remember this. You took us through the exercise that customers go through in experiencing, surfacing, recognizing opportunities for transformation, and it blew me away, frankly because I've never been taken through something like that, through your lens, a lens of, you know, what's, what's sort of the mind of transformation lead within Google Cloud. And, and that's one of my fondest memories. And that's why I'm so excited to have you today, because I want to talk about all of that. I think the ecosystem uh, is going to learn a lot. All right, that's so nice of you to, to say this. I do recall that meeting. Uh, it was a meeting in Tans, and we were doing this at the end of the far end of the campus. Was the very early days of Google Cloud. I think we were not even called Google Cloud at the time. Yeah. And uh, and I'm so happy that we actually do these things together now, which is testament to great partnership. Because, you know, uh, it wasn't so long between the time when you actually saw this for the first time, and now that we go to market together, meet customers together and onboard them together in transformation journey. So happy to, to expand on that topic and share all the goodness with uh, the audience today. Yeah, no, I, what I recognized at that time was that we were getting the same exposure and training as the Google Field Organization got from your team. That's exactly right. We, you know, one of the main legacies, and we can come back to this, that we have to take into account is actually not the technical legacy, uh, it is more the cultural legacy. Humans are very adaptable. Uh, they love, if anything, change. They love a new book, a new movie, a new style, uh, you know, sometimes a new president. Well, you know, they love new things. Uh, and uh, it's, our, it's our nature to adapt to novelty and to enjoy it when it's done right. And I think that uh, bringing this perspective to our customers and letting them see that, yes, something new is happening. Uh, this is going to be great for all of us. Uh, you're going to enjoy this. You're going to feel elated by this, not threatened by this, is a big part of what we do there. Yeah, no, I think that was one of the, the tricks that you played on us, right? And you're saying how humans love change, they like new things, etc. But the general consensus, if you talk to anyone else, is that customers are and people and users are, are generally resistant to change because I think what you're saying is most of the time it's not done right. Well, that's, that's exactly right. I mean, if you look at your own situation, and I would call anyone who hears this to think for themselves, do you want to have the same gift every birthday? Do you want to eat the same meal every night? Do you want to have the same day at work every day? I mean, do you think that you're resistant to change? There's no such thing. The thing is that the way this is normally done has three great characteristics. The first thing is progressive. 
So you get one meal one day, you get one gift, one anniversary, and then you comment on this, you discuss this, you get another, and year after year, day after day, your, your habits are taken into account, your taste also. So you're never so surprised that something comes completely off and that you know you know sets you on the wrong course. So the progressive is very important. The second thing and which actually is embedded is that it's proactive. You have a you have a voice in this, right? You decide what you're going to eat or not. You 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 usually the gifts are made to make you happy. The dead work you also have your own decision. So all these things are very important is that not only is it progressive, but it's proactive. You you are a part of the decision, right? You don't just receive change with your hands tied behind your back. And the last thing is that it's very collective. All of these things are shared. Like uh, the gift is really important because you share it with someone. The meal is very important because you share it with someone. And so we, we enjoy change when it's something we can share with others. And so every time that change is presented to you in a way that it is progressive, that it is proactive and that you have a voice in it, that it is collective and that you're in togetherness around it is going to be an amazing experience. And this is the conditions which we need to recreate. I, I couldn't agree more. And again, I think that's both science and an art. It's something you have developed, I think, a unique specialty in, just sort of globally, right? And the fact that we get to experience it, I think, is, is uh, as partners and as customers and working jointly um, in front of some some potential clients is, and existing clients is is a gift, and I and I and I really appreciate that. Now, what's interesting is that, and I say this a lot, specifically around Google Cloud, when people and customers choose to adopt any aspect of Google Cloud, they are choosing to disrupt themselves. Hmm. Generally speaking. It's a, deliberate, it's a deliberate action to do things differently than they were before. Yeah, and it's, it's twice that because if you think about it, going to the cloud altogether for most companies out there is disruptive. And within the choice to go to the cloud, selecting Google Cloud is disruptive. Yes. Because like, why wouldn't you go with the incumbent? Yes. Like, why would you make this bold choice to go with, with you know, what we like to call the best of Google, but it's this mix of ambition, of innovation, of creative mindset, and also of radical technical edge. And it's a, it's a daring choice. So anyone who comes to Google Cloud is twice transformed instantly, if you will, right? Right, but you know that's what makes this the most exciting space to work in, and also in a lot of ways, the most challenging. And I know we talk about transformation and, you know, uh, business transformation. I want to get a sense and definition from you because I think just like any trendy term, it gets uh, reinterpreted so many times that in some ways it can lose meaning. So for you and your organization within Google Cloud and for Bryce, what is business transformation? How do you define it? Uh, yeah. Thank you so much for asking because you're very right. This is the, the buzzword of the decade really. And what's interesting is that we started thinking about this a little bit before it became such a buzzword. And so we feel, even though we think of ourselves in the team as trailblazers and, and you know, groundbreakers, we keep being also the guardians of the temple and saying, wait, no, <laughs> this is not transformation, yeah. which puts us in a strange position because we never want to be that guy. So 
the forest transformation is all about how do you take your organization from one step of its existence to the next. So if you think of it this way, for the encyclopedias, they were all born out of the printing revolution. And at some point, they had to adjust to another wave of innovation, which came with computing. And the encyclopedias never really quite made it to computing, right? There was a new breed of encyclopedias, CD-ROM-based, think of your Encarta. And so that was the, the new generation of encyclopedias, if you will. Yes. And those had to also adapt when cloud became the predominant uh, delivery platform uh, and the likes of Wikipedia, right? Yeah. Uh, have, has, you know, overcome their, their own proposition and now is pretty much very dominant on the market. So in that field, encyclopedias, on the three main waves of transformation, at least for information sharing and data sharing that are printing, computing the cloud, there's not a single player who made it from one wave to the next. However, if you look at uh, Nintendo, uh, which is a, a company that was created in the 19th century, also from printing, uh, printing traditional Japanese cards called Hanafuda cards, in the age of computing, they did uh, you know, the, the portable consoles uh, with Donkey Kong, the GameCube, the Wiimote. This is all our teenage, <laughs> in childhood teenage and young adult age uh, was all those fantastic new products bringing joy in the living room. And uh, it, was, it was very interesting to see the difference between a company like Nintendo moving from one wave to the next. And today, of course, with Pokemon Go and, and mobile-based augmented reality collaborative gaming platforms, game, uh, right? riding the waves one after the other and expanding and thriving in change. When in, you know, so you're bound to ask yourself, wait, what makes the difference between encyclopedias who, as an industry, um, keep hurting in change. Mm -hmm. And Nintendo, which as a company and, and as the flag bearer of, of the gaming industry, keeps thriving in change. And we, we there is so much to learn from this. And I'll give you one hint of this, because we can double click on a lot of this. But one hint is that um, the encyclopedias were all about how? About the book, and then about the serums, and today about, you know, uh, well, we'll see why, but probably about uh, the, the wiki platforms and things like this. And whereas Nintendo was all about the why, it was all about what is uh, our reason to be here? Why do we have men, women, brands? Uh, and, and so if you're thinking of things from the how perspective, everything is a threat, right? I, and I actually... Few people know this of me, so it's a scoop for the for the the listeners today. But uh, I actually worked at Kodak for a few months uh, at the very very beginning of my of my career, uh, right out of school, and uh, it was a madhouse really. And I, it taught me a lot on transformation by showing me what not to do. And one of the things not to do uh, is that uh, at Kodak everyone was completely dead focused on how, which was the chemistry. And so every new thing was a threat to them. They were really uh, uh, seated under siege. No, not, uh, many, well, not many people know Kodak invented the digital camera. The digital well, camera invented yeah. at Kodak. So it's a very interesting thing because Kodak had a lot of defensive strategies, including defense offense. So they invented it to kill it. Uh, and to put the patents so that no one could use it. The yeah. same way, if you remember this, they invented the, C, the, the photo CD, where yeah. you had to, to shoot your, your, your photos on, on silver nitrate film and yeah. then scan it. 
yeah. in high resolution on yeah. on CDs that were called the photo CDs, right? Well, and it was meant to everything was about selling film. No matter yeah. what we do, film has to play a role because we make our money on film. Yeah, I mean that is the case study, the prototypical case study of what not to do. And there's several of these famous stories like Toys R Us and you know Borders and and you know you name it, right? Circuit City, etc. Not just in retail, but in other industries. And I love the Nintendo example because I never really thought about it. But you're precisely right. They've been around since like you know early 1900s, 1800s, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, in the 1800s, 1889, I think, or something like this. The foundation Nintendo. And you said the focus on why, which is interesting, because the why is such a driver for me in my life philosophy and business philosophy. I've been inspired by Simon Sinek for years. All right. And he's all, you know, kind of, he's the first one, I think, that made it mainstream, the thinking about why he made it mainstream. And the other thing that reminds me, and I think what the encyclopedia manufacturers and what Kodak and other, I think, generally uh, previously successful publicly traded companies were focused on is they don't understand the difference between the infinite game and a finite game. They were playing the finite game, quarter mm -hmm. over quarter, driving those metrics, you know, what is shareholder value, etc. Nintendo, which is pretty typical of traditional Japanese companies, they play the 100, 200 years, like they're playing the infinite game, right? And I think yeah, that's and, part yeah. of what makes organizations different from one another. You're completely right. And what, what's more, as a, as a traditional company, they also expand their, their footprint. Like They are still the leader in card manufacturing with Pokemon cards. They are still the leader in console with the Switch console. So they go to Pokemon Go, but they don't burn uh, the bridges to their past. They lay foundation after foundation of their business, and they keep rethinking their past successes to keep them modernized and challenging and interesting and useful to the audience. Yep. And it, this leads us because, of course, there's two degrees to read this. The first one is that, for one thing, as we both know, Nintendo runs in Google Cloud, right? And, and Pokemon Go runs in Google Cloud, which is, you know, uh, I think it's a sound choice because they thought they would have 300,000 subscribers in six months and ended up having 130 million in four weeks, which, by the way, is the world record of adoption for an application. And, and so because we have in, running on Google Cloud those 8 billion user applications, we can actually uh, face uh, with a uh, with certain level of ease uh, an unexpected income of 130 million users in a few weeks. Uh, but I, I don't know that, you know, I think that running this on-premise for one thing and running this with our cloud for another was a very sound choice. Uh, but and beyond this, it's a it's a great metaphor for anyone who's running a business out there that, you know, keep your foundations, don't, don't oversee the capacity of, of scaling through the cloud, the things that you've had before and that were great things. Just yeah. you need to think of this at two levels. I always give the comparison to electricity. When electricity comes, you can do the light bulb, which is you had light, it was gas light, and you're going to have electric light. It's cheaper, safer, it's better. And I think you had the peak of gas light, about 20,000 lampposts on the streets of New York. And today you have 40 billion light sources in the streets of New York. Right. So it's a scaling topic. Yeah. However, when electricity comes, you can also invent the radio. And there is no such thing as a gas-powered radio. Right. 
radio is a net new thing. There, it couldn't even be thought of before. If it improves anything, it's a human with a horse and a paper. Right. So uh, same thing today with, uh, with machine learning and AI in particular, there are things we can do in the order of uh, prescription, recommendation, prediction, uh, and the capacity to foresee and to, and to optimize for the future that don't improve anything that was there before, right? Uh, and, and that are net new capacities given to the enterprise environment. And that should really, you know, beg the question for every leader out there in their infinite game of what's next. And that's, so back to your question, transformation, trans is that going from one thing to the next, think about translation, transparency, things like this, right? It goes from one thing to the other. Form is your shape, your organization, your culture. Think about the formal dinner. So transform is going from one form to the next. And Asian is always a process and a result. Like uh, evolution is a process, uh, you know, Darwin. And yeah. an evolution is a result. Oh, this is a great evolution. So same thing for transformation. Transformation is the constant process delivering constant results of evolving from one shape of your organization to the next. How do traditional industries take the necessary steps to create self-awareness around mm -hmm. their position, but also get a sense of optimism in a way that is uh, a clear path to getting started? Because getting started in cloud is a corollary to getting started in your transformation journey. In the age of data, trust is going to be an invaluable asset. Let's say tomorrow uh, we work with postal services. Most of the companies that do postal services have been there for a long time, for decades, if not for centuries. They, they, they open your mailbox. You see, you see the man or the woman doing this every morning. You know them. You, you greet them. Yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, you have trust. And so if they would have a little bit more knowledge about you, that would be fine because you trust them with that knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. uh, same thing for your grocery store. Like if it's a grocery store down your street and you go there and they've been there for a few decades and, and you get to know the people and, you, and you, you know the brand, you're familiar with them. If they would know a little bit more about you, they would still be fine. And you actually, you would give them some level of information because you know it commands great service in return. So all this to say that I think that Every incumbent has a fantastic asset that is completely undervalued right now, which is the trust they bring to this, which they can, which they can put on the table, uh, and which is a fantastic way for them to leverage our technology. So how would they do this, right? I think there's five core elements to build on that asset, on that presence, and that trust, and to leverage what... Um, partnerships like SATA and Google Cloud bring to them. The first thing is, is very basic, is the user experience. And here I want to say nothing replaces the user experience. Right. So focus on the user is like the golden rule, the, the key aspect of everything here. Once you have rebuilt the user experience, there are three components that are very key. The first one is empower your people, make them realize what it can do for them. We talked about Google Maps. You would never go to an unknown part, an uncharted part of, of the city that you've never been before without Google Maps or a good GPS system. Like, why would you, right? And yet, 
in terms of business, we go to uncharted territories every day without Google Maps, right? And we don't know exactly where we're headed and we have no information that there's science helping us in real time. And so we're going blind in there. Uh, so it's it's all about empowerment, right? You need to have the, the front seat in this. You need to make your own decisions in this. So that's why when we do those workshops that you mentioned at the beginning of our conversation, it's workshops. It's not us giving you a lecture. It's us asking you, hey, how would you leverage these new capacities? We call them the superpowers of the cloud, categorize, perceive, recommend, predict. You know, what would they mean for your job, for your part of the business? And we give you the keys and we give you the front seat and you drive this car. The second one is co-innovation. I think here partnering, sitting side by side and having ambitious ideas together is a great way to go forward. And co-innovation means a lot. And the third thing is the delivery of the data platform, right? Because once you have these bold ideas, you want to be reassured that yes, you can get there and that you have solid partners who know exactly how this is gonna work step by step to take you from today to tomorrow. And so once you have these people empowerment, co-innovation, good data platform, right? You wrap this up with governance. Uh, how do we communicate? How do we invest? How do we expect return on investment? Uh, how do we create peer-to-peer -peer connections between your great CIO, Miles Ward, our great HR director, uh, the customer's great operations manager, and, and there are all these amazing personalities out there, and every time they meet, it creates uh, miracles, right? And you want this to happen. It's part of governance. I think I think that's very well put. And And, and as you were talking, I couldn't help but think in my mind what we're seeing and I think what Google's seeing as it matures in the enterprise go-to-market strategy is so much of these conversations are industry specific. They're vertically focused. Do you agree with that? And do you see the work that you're doing in transformation take on these themes like media and entertainment, there's a set of themes, healthcare, there's a set of teams. I think it's a, it's a yes and situation. Because yes, you're completely right. Every vertical, every industry has its own challenges and, and trends. Uh, there's not the same regulation, which is an important topic if you think about life sciences or banking. There's not the same kind of massive investment and massive legacy of investment. Think about retail, think about manufacturing and the plants and things like this. At the same time, I think it's the role of, of good programmatic managers like you and I to see the things that are similar also between them. You need to have a level of data culture for this to work, whether you're a bank or a retailer or a media and entertainment company. Then you need to consolidate your data. If you have your data in five different places and it doesn't align and you can't connect it to one another, the way that you consolidate data, the second step in the journey is very important and similar for everyone. The third will be your analytics. Like, Do you run good analytics? Are you able to describe with accuracy and depth the reality of your business and your business environment. And then it leads very seamlessly into machine learning models and predictive capacities. Like, are you able to train this, these models to, to expand uh, on your analytics and predict the outcome? I see that in many industries, there are intelligent platforms in which you connect all the dots of those predictive models into a fabric. And this fabric is your digital life. They say only 3% of companies are either digitized or even on the way of being digitized. So 3% is not a lot. Uh, there's this company called Magazine Luisa in Brazil. They have this fantastic, completely digitized intelligent platform. They've worked on this for years. And now they're reaping the benefits. They're one of the fastest increasing stocks 
on the global market. Wow. Uh, they multiplied their, their value, their stock value by 250, so that 25,000 percent increase in three years. And they, they create seamless offers because they're fully digitized. So for instance, they did this new offer called Magazine Voce. Mm -hmm. And you can uh, repackage re your different, the products of the store that you like and resell them uh, on social media or on Twitter and earn commission instantly, right? Wow. Because they know your, you know, they have your, your, your uh, bank account, uh, you know, they know your, your financial existence, uh, they know your, your, your footprints and, and your different processes. And so they can very, they could, they can instantly repurpose all these assets, all these digital assets to create a new business model for you. And they That's turn true. you yeah. from a customer to a virtual franchise owner in a matter of minutes. Essentially, uh, uh, a referral source. That's even a new, uh, even a new retailing channel. If you think of it, right? Like yeah. suddenly you become the reseller of the company, yeah. Yeah. Uh, from customer to franchise owner in ten minutes. That's interesting. And not only just onesies and twosies, you can build entire new jobs around this, similar to the other elements of the gig economy. So, so they were able to do this precisely because they know more about their customer than the average retailer? Well, there's that. Uh, they have no barrier to information sharing and, and reorganizing their, their, their process or their business models. In a, in a good grid of data, every stakeholder is connected to every, every other, right? Mm -hmm. So you, you don't need, you don't have this great distance with, uh, for instance, your, your logistic provider because they're in your platform. You don't have a great distance with your tele telco operators because they're in your platform. So all the different elements of both the supply and the demand uh, are at will. And it creates a, a, a fantastic playground for business people to rethink about what they can accomplish with the assets that they have. So we, we keep weaving the same fabric, right, since the beginning of this interview, but the way that now we can connect the dots. Everything we hear, which sounds like cliche, like data is, you know, the currency of tomorrow, the data is, you know, the new oil. It's, this is, I mean, at the end of the day, it still comes down to that. It's, it's, it seems to be very true. It's very true if you, if you have known how to be a, a good craftsman of data, if you have known how to uh, extract it. And I think uh, Google Cloud is in a particularly, uh, you know, advantageous position when it comes to data with BigQuery, et cetera. We talk to a lot of enterprise customers, and if they're not yet using anything from Google Cloud, they're probably using BigQuery as their first thing, and that's to generally analyze their marketing data that they're getting from um, their various ad networks, Google and otherwise. So I think Google's in a, in a unique position. So in the time that we have left, I, I want to understand, can you, do you want to talk about Go Transform and the significance of the program and anything else you'd like to share, because it's, it's very exciting because you're actually, all the things we talk about, you're bringing to customers with partners together and making it land in an actionable way. And I think that's so invaluable. Yes, I thank you so much for uh, offering this possibility and, and talking about this. So uh, the, it comes from a frustration is that the topics that, we're, that we are sharing today uh, are topics that we've been thinking about for years, if not decades, for some of us. 
And we have gotten very excited in the industry about this. Like we know we are bringing something very precious to the world. And I think that maybe it is the resolution of a lot of profound crises that we're in. For instance, we know we all know that healthcare is in crisis because it's unaffordable at scale. But maybe if you bring data science into the mix, it really becomes affordable and personalized at scale, right? And, and a number of things that are ailments, if you will, of our civilization might be things that find solutions or parts of solutions with the kind of technology that we're bringing. But when we explain these customers are very elated and then they say, all right, how do we start? What do we do? And my frustration came from the fact that three, five years ago, we didn't know what to do next in most cases. It was because in a way, data science is like electricity, again. It's a capacity to do something, but to do what completely depends on your imagination and, and your and your needs, right? You can if you electricity can be the air conditioning or the or the oven or the TV or, or the light and, and you know, yet you need this in all the house. But you don't know exactly what you're going to use it for. And when you get into the house, it just plugs and you don't know what you're going to plug into it. So yeah. we needed to come up with, okay, what are we going to do exactly? And how are we going to help you, your specific company, completely change the way, transform, move to the next stage of its existence, reinvent the way it delivers its promise to its customers, to its ecosystem. And so the first thing we do the go transform so go transform is first an, an offer to do workshops together right it's a six to eight weeks engagement that culminates in a one-day workshop and who do you need from the customer to engage for the program to then reciprocate and engage together like i, I think yeah. i remember different you know it's not it's not exactly a sales cycle but even in those engagements we're like well we will help you evaluate this if you do that so what's the gives and gets from the customer that they need to provide? Yes, so at this point, because there is such a, a huge need on the market, we've decided not to charge for it. Yes. Uh, the way we charge for it, if you will, is we require a board member to sponsor it. Because the kind of bold ideation and programs we have in mind are never going to come to fruition if the board is not a part of it, because it requires that level of mandate. So uh, you, you pay on the customer side by your executive presence in those workshops. Then the workshops themselves uh, are usually conducted with cross-functional champions. We need people from every key component of your current organization to think together of how they would re-articulate their processes and their vision and, and their approach to deliver something. If you think maybe like of storeless retelling, where I would say, uh, hey, Google, uh, I want to you for Thanksgiving. And um, according to Google, Google. everyone <laughs> has turkey for Thanksgiving. <laughs> you got to love this. Uh, and uh, it's not doing this yet, but you could assume that in a few months, uh, it would check your fridge. You don't have a turkey. It would check your oven. You could bake turkey. It would order a turkey to the nearest store that would be delivered to you seamlessly or to the nearest, to even the nearest farm. Uh, in that process, people need to speak to one another from logistics to marketing to delivery to to and who usually don't speak to each other right um yeah. and so you need cross-functional people in the room to ideate the next business models so there's kind of a dialogue where, where we we get the vision of the c-level executives we work on the mandate of that vision with the cross-functional champions and we hand over a proposition back to the c-level executives with the support of the cross-functional champions because remember it has to be collective, it has to be proactive, so their ideas, uh, 
our ideas, but including the customer. And it has it has to be collective. It has to be all of us together. So the reason why we also need a partner presence is that uh, Google is a tech company, provides first and foremost technology, has very limited capacity in in uh, in consulting or, or in in delivery. And the sooner the partner hears the idea, understands the principles and the philosophy behind them, the better they can operate on the mandate and deliver a perfect service and a perfect you know, resolution of, of the great challenges and of the great ideas we've had together. So, uh, and that, that workshop also thinks about the ecosystem, things we mentioned, right? What is going to be your user experience, but then also how do we empower your people? How do we co-innovate together on this? How do we architect a data platform? How do we create joint governance? So all the elements we mentioned are also, we need to think at these two levels, the, the solution roadmap and the ecosystem's roadmap to sustain those solutions, right? If you only think of the solution, you don't work the ecosystem, you're going to throw uh, very useful and interesting ideas uh, in, a, in an environment that cannot tolerate them and cannot even deliver them, right? Yeah. Uh, so it's very important to always have those two levels of thinking, which is what this workshop delivers. And then the rest of the journey can unfold. And we have a lot of other things behind this. But this is a great way to kickstart the journey or to reframe the journey. Because some companies that they have started, but they started maybe on the wrong foot or not fully captured the opportunity. And we can we can kind of reboot a little bit their journey there. So Bryce, in, in, in sort of our concluding the podcast, I, I want to get a uh, sense of uh, how do people get started if they want to do a go transform exploration with your team with partners where do they go to learn about this and we'll also include it in the in the link to the podcast if, if there is such a thing as a yes, so thank you for this question let me point to a few assets we have there the first thing uh we have what we talked about here for a, a large half hour maybe or close to an hour uh, exists on coursera for free uh, also uh, at no charge. It's called Business Transformation with Google Cloud. It's a Coursera training. It takes on average four hours, so it's not uh, a huge deal. You can do this like four evenings in a week or like half a day. Awesome. It has an attached workbook, so you can actually work on your concrete use cases. And it's meant for managers, business leaders who have limited technical understanding. So it, it assumes no technical understanding on your part to take uh, this conversation, this journey, just like this conversation didn't require technical understanding to follow. So Coursera is the first place if you want to know more, right? And yeah. we have a blog that we've just launched, which is goo.gl slash transformation, uh, which we're going to feed in the coming weeks and months with a lot of assets uh, on those topics because we want now to bring this conversation to the next level. Now, if that conversation is useful to you, uh, you can go a number of different ways. The first way you can, you can engage in training. We have instructor-led training, and we have partners who also provide training, so uh, with a, a, a wide range of certified partners. And we do training for every audience out there. So training for managers, training for leaders, training for technical audience, training for data scientists. Everyone plays a role, and we have extended training capacities, and we train the trainers. So uh, a lot of our partners, training partners, deliver fantastic training programs uh, in, in, on-site with, with uh, instructors. Then, of course, I want to point to the Go Transform workshops. Um, there are right now criteria of eligibility. It's uh, for uh, large companies that have significant transformation challenges. 
any one of those companies would have an account manager, someone who is their uh, natural point of contact at Google Cloud. They can reach out to them and, and talk about the Go Transform program. And you know they will know where to find information and come back to them. Um, and then, of course, they can come to you because you've been also trained and enabled in this program. Uh, we, we have started to deliver it together. It's the early days, but and there's more to come. Uh, but we're still looking forward to expand our capacity to deliver uh, these programs and this dream really of, of delivering great data science for your future business and do this in a way that is both ambitious and yet very, very concrete. Uh, this is like 10x thinking, as we like to call it, right? Merge by 10, whatever you had, but with 10% increments, right? Step-by-step -step increments taking you there. And that's what we are aiming to do together. What, you know, I would like to ask you, you know, and extend the courtesy, how would you want customers to engage with us? How do you think, you know, of the next step uh, as you've been partner of the year for Google Cloud, you're, you're uh, one of the cutting edge partners for our organization to deliver these great promises. Um, what, what are your words of wisdom combined to mine on how to get this started and, and what role we can play together from your perspective? Honestly, I think what maximizes customer experience is a tight alignment with a partner and Google to lead them on this journey. Mm. And what I think creates confusion is when you know, whether it's Google or any other vendor, you know, does a bunch of series of work and partners are brought on much, much later. Because the role of the partner at that point, the credibility hasn't been built, the role is confusing. So I really applaud you on the Go Transform approach in I think very typical intelligent fashion. You guys are building the methodology, the best practices, the brain and in the operation testing it and then expanding it to the partner ecosystem. Uh, I think we just need to do more of that. I, I think that's a that's a beautiful framework. And I know that we'll get a lot more swings at the bat together in this year and, and, and following, but it's definitely um, something we're focused on. And uh, I think it will make a big impact, especially to traditional industry. I want to conclude this. It's also, uh, I think, a bit of sunshine for anyone listening to this. Even the, the newest players uh, some of those tech startups from the West Coast, from certain parts of China or India, come to us right now to talk about transformation because there's more and more the idea that transformation is a constant, uh, and it is, and we did mention this, it's a constant process. And uh, I've been amazed to see some of the most recognized names in the flamboyant tech industry come to us and say, hey, I also want this program, right? Oh, yeah. No, I think they realize, you know, if uh, it doesn't matter who you are, you're, you're the next, you know, you're playing the infinite game. You're dealing, you know, you're playing a game that the rules always change, that the competitors are known and unknown players. So that degree of self-awareness from uh, these trendy startups is, is refreshing. And maybe that's what will keep them in that position for years to come. Uh, great pleasure to have you, Bryce. Likewise, to publish this to the ecosystem, and I look forward to all the work that we have to do together in the years to come. Likewise, thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Bryce. Thank you for listening to Cloud and Clear. Check the show notes for links to this week's topics, and don't forget to connect with us on Twitter at Cloud and Clear and our website, sada.com. 
Be sure to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast app. 